Curtis Cape, The Marriage Vows. Man shall leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And so God instituted marriage. Therefore, God is the one who has a right to govern marriage. It's the oldest of God's three institutions. The home, the church, and the nation. And so since God instituted it, he has the right to govern the home. And so there are laws. There are eternal laws regarding the home. And we read that law in Genesis 2.24. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And say wives, and they shall become one flesh. One. Now let me, let me say a little bit about oneness. It used to be in this country that people kind of looked out for each other. Uh, people were pretty neighborly. They'd spend time together. If you had a need, someone would come over and help you. If you were sick, they'd be right there helping you. And so, uh, kind of like President Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Society early was not built on selfishness. It was built on neighborliness, helping each other, striving together. To a great extent, this nation has departed from the principles of the Bible. People used to talk a lot about the golden rule. I don't know when I have heard the major news networks talk about the golden rule. Can you remember how long it's been since you've heard that? What is emphasized nowadays is individual liberty. I want what's coming to me. A lot of times I hear lawyers get on the television set and they say, make sure you get your check. And everybody wants their check. President Kennedy said, don't ask what people can do for you, your country. Ask what you can do for your country. My, that's changed, hasn't it? Tremendous amount of emphasis on individual rights. I want mine. I want what's coming to me. Selfishness. Now, please notice that God said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Togetherness. Sharing. Mutual burden-bearing, helping one another, making sure that the needs of each one is met by the other. This emphasis today on individual rights has destroyed a lot of our marriages. And you don't have and you don't see in a lot of people the loyalty to your mate that you used to see. The Bible teaches that if we love somebody... We want to seek after their good first. Make sure that their needs are met. My friends, a lot of times, that has been lost in a very selfish society. And so when we, everybody, demands their, quote, rights, and the nation, as far as citizenry, is built on selfishness, then it endangers us. One of the great presidents, as I recall, years ago, stated that our very our country is in great peril when our nation will come to realize 
that they can vote for themselves, the country doing much for them and demanding that the country help them and the country will no longer be the country that it used to be. The Bible principles teach hard work. Man not work, neither shall he eat. Now, if I want to build my marriage, then I'm going to need to think about my partner. I'm going to need to think about my mate. I'm going to need to think about my wife and her needs. Marriage is the foundation of society. But I do not have to tell you that our marriages are in difficulty today. Our homes are in difficulty. Half of the marriages today are ending in divorce. Probably over half. 150 years ago, out of a thousand marriages, maybe 25 would end in a divorce. 50% today? What has changed? Atheistic secular humanism has done its best to chase God out of the universe, out of the schools, out of the media. If you mention God in some, uh, some circles, you're going to get in difficulty. And so our new nation used to be based upon the principles that are found in God's Word. And nowadays, the Word of God is ridiculed, Christianity is ridiculed, and there are people who want to get rid of every foundational principle upon which this nation was built. Now, what does that mean? That means that the home is one of their chief targets. If you can do away with the home, then you can do away with the foundation of society. And if you can undefine the principles that are taught in the home to our children, then they will handle the rest. They will teach them socialism, Marxism, atheism, secular humanism, and other doctrines that are opposite to what the Bible teaches. Now, I want us to notice something in the book of Ruth. Turn over to Ruth. And you'll notice it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Now, it's interesting what was happening in the days that the judges ruled. Notice the last verse of Judges 21, 25. Last verse in chapter 21. In those days there was no king in Israel... Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, that's characteristic of some people today. You look at Memphis with multiple murders each day, and you see, well, you know, people are doing what's right in their own eyes. Judges 21, 25. Came past in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons, and so forth. Now, what happened? Naomi, Elimelech Naomi's husband died. She was left and her two sons. Verse 3. Took them wives of the other women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah. The name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malan, my granddad was named Malan, 
Malan and Chilion died, both of them, and the women was left of her two children. The woman was left of her two children of her husband and of her husband. She arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return to the country of Moab and so forth. But she tried to say, Naomi said to her uh, daughters-in-law, you stay here. This is your home. Well, Orpah took her up on that. Verse 21, uh, verse 14, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. I want you to notice at verse 15. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people, and under her God return thy after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, and to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. Jehovah do also to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she left off speaking unto her. And the two went till they came to Bethlehem. And it and I had dad to read this wonderful statement in our wedding. And we repeated it together. Entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. And so forth. That is the vow or the attitude that every one of us should have in contemplating marriage. And if every person, you you think about in this country, if every person who married in this country had this kind of commitment, would that revolutionize our nation? Indeed it would. Now, let me just say several things about this, and then the lesson is yours. What does that mean to us as parents, grandparents? It means that we're going to have to teach principles that are found in God's Word to our children and grandchildren. We're going to have to teach honesty and integrity. And we're going to have to teach them to date people whom they might consider marrying and not to date others because we marry whom we date. I never dated a young lady who was not a member of the church. Date somebody whom you feel like that you can be true to for your life and who will be true to you and whom you can depend on, and whom you can have confidence in, who will be true to you and help you rear your children in the ways of God. We need to teach that to our children. We need to teach that to our grandchildren. Now, do you take this woman to be a lawfully wedded wife or husband? Lawful. 
That means in the eyes of God, lawful. Someone eligible to marry, you're eligible to marry, that person is eligible to marry. That means they're not unscripturally divorced, this type of thing like this. And you promise to be faithful to her. Now, I'm not a perfect husband, but I'll guarantee you I'm faithful. In sickness and in health. And let me tell you something, we've had some sickness. And I remember when I had surgery, back in February of '03, when Annette, uh, we, we, uh, when she let me out in front of the uh, waiting room there, emergency or well, not emergency, but operating waiting room, she went parked the car. Well, she came in, and she had a box. I opened up. I said, what is that? She said, that's, that's for you. Uh, about four o'clock in the morning, I opened that box. And there was a little elephant. And it, it had hope on it. She said, that's hope. And that's the kind of encouragement and help that she has been to me. And now that I have been diagnosed with chronic leukemia, she's going to have to encourage me more. Health, we had many years of health, but there comes those times of sickness. A lot of people flee at that time, don't they? In joy and sorrow, we've had our sorrows. She's been true to me in joy and sorrow. In prosperity and adversity, I guess compared to some in this world, we've been prosperous. Well, we're not rich by any stretch of the imagination. And sometimes we've wondered where the next meal was coming from. It's been true in that situation. Folks, I want to ask us, what is our word worth? Worth.